0: Welcome dear listener, this is Louis, I'm your host, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to another episode of Solana Cove Or should I say, The Cove That's right, we've had a name change and a bit of a brand refresh in preparation for Solana Summer Part 2 New name, new logo, same focus on exciting Solana projects and builders building cool stuff A second piece of housekeeping, we have a sponsor Sponsor Streamflow has stepped in to support the pod and help us be a content champion for the Solana space. Having the podcast being supported means more opportunities for experimenting with Solana focused content, more episodes and better quality content. Longtime listeners will recall that streamflow was the first team on the podcast way back mid last year. So I'm doubly excited to have them supporting the podcast. Okay, that's enough housekeeping today. I'm super pumped to dive deep into the shadows with Frank as we explore the Shadow Drive and Shadow Net, two fascinating new infrastructure pieces coming out of the Genesis Go team. Make sure you listen through till the end because the Shadow Net Alpha Frank drops is very exciting stuff. But before we get stuck in, we wanna share a bit about our new sponsor. Streamflow is the leading token distribution platform on Solana. With Streamflow's token vesting service, you have absolute control over the vesting schedule. Set the dates, add a cliff, set automatic withdrawals so that the vested tokens are dropped right into the recipient's wallet, set notifications to the recipient about the stream status, and much more. Streamflow's contracts are audited and already have over 150 million in TVL from some of the strongest teams on Solana. If you're looking to set up vesting contracts, head over to streamflow.finance to get started today. I'm very, very excited to welcome uh, Frank onto the Cove. Welcome, Frank. Thank you, appreciate you having me. It's a real pleasure to have you. Uh, really, really excited to hear more about the Shadow Drive, ShadowNet, and what's been going on with the Genesis Go team lately. But before we dive into all of that, uh, can we just set a little bit of the, um, the groundworks could you give us a little potted history uh, about the Genesis Go project itself uh, and a little bit, maybe a little bit of a snapshot about what's going on lately?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, so Genesis Go uh, started, what is it? It'll be a year. Uh, I think our, our first validator went live, like um, connected to Solana. It'll be a year on uh, May 1st. Um, and ultimately like we, you know, my friend, best friend and I, we set up to just kind of run a validator, but we ended up uh, expanding very quickly into uh, providing like RPC network services um, and and really like trying to figure out how can we, how can we build ourselves into and kind of become the backbone of Solana. Uh, And then, you know, after uh, six, seven months of us going around and um, onboarding users and onboarding projects and, and, you know, gathering, uh, uh, really gathering, you know, uh, traffic. Um, we decided to, uh, decided to launch, uh, an NFT, the shadowy Supercoder NFT, which, uh, that like the idea for that, like was, was kind of born from, uh, us looking around at like, the fact that we had powered at, at that point, we had powered like 55 ish, uh, close to 60, um, candy machine drops is back like the early days of, uh, uh Solana NFTs and were first like coming about. And uh, and you know it was kind of the the meta at the time was uh, okay here's here's my NFT project it's an animal picture and you know the the word soul either on the end or or, or in the beginning of of whatever this animal is and uh, and some roadmap um, and we decided you know we wanted part of the reason why we ended up uh, using an NFT is because you know NFTs are uh, really really cool pieces of technology that. Uh, go way beyond just you know like uh, being a profile pick. And so you know we wanted to take a stab at doing something a little innovative. Um we had known that we were going to be eventually <clears throat> having an IDO. And so we said, well what if we what if we use uh the shadowy supercoder NFT as a way to expand uh expand participation in in early in the early stages of a of a project business cycle. Um, so you know it's and and that's important because it's kind of easy to get lost to on or lost in the notion that uh, well the the shadowy supercoder NFTs utility is that it gets uh, you know it has tokens attached to it which you know it's kind of becoming kind of become the new meta right um, you have some tokens or you have an NFT you have some tokens attached to it you stake it and get those tokens but the reality is is that was never like the that that's that was a byproduct of what we were trying to achieve and really what we were trying to achieve was decentralizing access to uh seed round to the seed round of of a biz or a project's life cycle um because we basically looked at you know the life cycle of, of genesis go and said we're about to approach a point where uh you know we are looking for we'd be looking to accelerate our growth via external funding but if you look around it's always this very centralized, you know, small collective group of uh, venture capital firms. And they're the only ones that get access to tokens at, you know, fractions of a penny, uh, a fraction of a penny on a dollar. Um, and, and that's something that we said, OK, this here's a cool opportunity to show, you know, the utility of an NFT. Right. How can we bring people into the seed into this, you know, the seed round? And so. Uh, so, yeah, so it, it, you know, it worked. Um, worked way better than we ever could have thought it was met with uh, with huge amount of uh, huge amount of uh, of excitement and you know in our discord we started to see this little community spring up of people who are like we're mini Vcs right um, I think that that messaging is important because uh, it kind of got it got to, it gets diluted very quickly by just you know focus on tokens right um and it gets it gets lost in the current meta uh, because again every project now is like, we're going to have an IDO at some point and here's, here's some tokens. But, you know, the reality is it's, it has really, it has nothing to do with the tokens specifically. Um, again, that's, that's just a byproduct. And so, uh, so yeah, so the, the NFT obviously has done, uh, way better than we ever could have thought. It's been, been hugely exciting for us. Um, which is really cool considering that we're, you know, not an NFT project. And, uh, and then, yeah, we had our, uh, IDO for the shadow token, um, on January 3rd. And that's, uh, that, was mind-blowingly like it just blew our minds um as to how well that was how 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 well that went and how well it was accepted but uh, i think you know it's ultimately because all of these things are tied to uh tied to utility that is you know uh backed by a very real tangible thing that we've we've built slash our
0: building yeah it's actually almost surprising no it is surprising how Adopted the shadowy supercoders coders were um, and the shadow token Because you would not have predicted it from you know what seemed at first to be like a fairly straightforward sort of infra infrastructure project I mean it was not it doesn't have the kind of like You wouldn't have guessed at least that it would have this kind of real community strong community building So I mean, I don't know what what wizardry you did there to, to <coughs> produce that really devout community But it was very apparent very quickly how much how much people like gelled with the project and with the mm-hmm. team.
1: Yeah, it's 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 crazy because I uh, the the only thing that I that that we I can say, like, you know, we did definitively was uh, uh, helping people understand it was education because you're right. It's infrastructure is not, you know, it's not super sexy. It's not flashy. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a reason why we haven't uh, we haven't yet, you know, we haven't spent a penny on uh, on marketing as of, uh, you know, as of, as of this time. Um, partially because we've put such a focus on education and, and helping people understand like foundationally uh, why is infrastructure so important, right? How does it, how does it make all these other flashy sexy things actually work? And, you know, one of the reasons why Steven and I are, are so drawn to uh, hardware and, and infrastructure is because, you know, we, we both kind of fight, like find ourselves asking like, man, are, are we smart enough to come up with like the next, the next new hot, you know, exciting uh, DAP. No, uh, I, I think we'd rather build the components that uh, that power the the metaphorical iPhone, as opposed to trying to figure out like what app in in the ecosystem is going to be the most amazing. Because at the end of the day, if if every amazing major, you know, new uh, uh, software advan- or advancement is being powered by our network, then you know that helps everyone.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a bit of a big question these days about what moat exists for these uh, apps as well for these DApps. I mean, I, I know on, for example, on Solana, it's very competitive right now on the on the AMM side. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it seems like you, you you know you went in an interesting direction there. But so we've already signposted that it is an infrastructure um, project at at its core. So do you want to sort of lay out the the TLDR for Genesis Go?
1: Yeah. So uh, so Genesis Go uh, at like. At its most current foundational level, um, we run uh, uh, a large RPC server network, um, uh, one of the, if not the largest, on Solana. Uh, and basically, what RPC servers do is, you know, they they they're the bridge that communicates between the Solana validators that actually build blocks and the uh, the front end software platform you know, that you go to, like you go to Magic Eden uh, and you click, you know, click bid on something, right? Um, the the Web2, you know, internet code, uh, software code of Magic Eden can't, like, talk directly to the validators. Validators only understand, you know, other validators and RPC servers. So RPC servers act as a translator. Um, but that being said, you know, I think at the end of the day, there's uh, there's nothing more fundamental than data. And and really, that's what Genesis Go is uh, is at its core is is a data project. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, one of the what we've been building for the past couple of months, our past several months, is um, uh, all about providing opt like Solana optimized uh, decentralized storage, um, and then being able and then building uh, you know networking layers on top of that that allow for projects to use, you know, what it, like, use whatever data they want to use um, in, in new and new and creative ways.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that I think, brings the next topic on you've sort of alluding to, and this is really the main meat of the conversation I was hoping to have with you today. Uh, and this is the shadow drive, which is something that I, I think you've already announced a while ago, but really got into detail on medium quite recently. Before we dive into the shadow drive, just to make sure that the listeners are kind of coming along for the ride, and we don't we don't lose them, um, would you mind doing a little uh, like ELF E L I five or explain it like I'm five? They say on Reddit on 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 how Solana works yep. in a way that <laughs> it ties into the shadow drive. Yeah. So uh,
1: so Solana so Solana at its, at its at its most foundational level, it's a collection of uh, of independently run. Uh, uh, trustless validators. And what I mean by that is, you know, they all work together collectively um, in a way that doesn't require any type of, any type of trust, um, you know, to trust that like everybody's doing the right thing uh, to validate and verify uh, transactions um, and ultimately verify the state of the Solana network. And and by state, I mean, you know, it's like, uh, if you look at all the accounts on Solana, here's how much like here's how much is in them here's here's you know whether they exist or not here's uh uh all the different programs that are running on Solana like all the different smart contracts um you know validating that those programs exist that uh the instructions that are stored within the the pro- that programs account uh are all on chain and ver- verified and and permanently there right um that's what like that's that's so what Solana does like at its at its core it is uh it's it's actually like fairly misunderstood um because everybody everybody says like people write things like you know it's the world's fastest blockchain right but if you go to the solana twitter page uh what solana actually or how solana actually describes themselves is the world's most most performance state machine and that that's a really really important distinction right because um you know a a blockchain a blockchain is, is, you know, it's a collection of, of transactions that are all linked together um, and that have all been you know independently validated. And, you know, you can basically pick up from any transaction and work your way into uh, into wherever, you know, uh, the most recent transaction is. Uh, Solana as a state machine is basically saying uh, that. In order to verify, in order to validate that the current state is the current state. You don't actually need to know any of the other any of the, uh, any of the history. Um, Tolly's uh, actually done. Uh, he's written a few Twitter threads, uh, kind of you know helping to explain why that is and, and and why that matters. But part of the reason that matters is because you know that allows you to uh, it allows you to be as performant as they are. Um, it allows you know you to be relatively lightweight. Uh, in terms of like what it takes to uh, not not run like a solana validator, but in terms of what it takes to like keep the chain going. Um, now, of course, there's a whole argument that's made that that is very valid, right? Which is that says that uh, the the just because like you don't need historical data to be like available uh, in order to like prove that the state is is the state. That doesn't mean that users, right, that your users on the chain aren't going to want to be able to like, go back and find specific blocks here or there. Um, but, you know, more and more chains are are starting to, like, pick up to this notion uh, that, you know, of, like what Solana so what Solana's already, like, realized, like, you know, E2 uh, recently announced, like, they're only going to be storing uh, a year's worth of, of their total history. And then everything else beyond that is just um, out into the ether unless somebody else, uh, somebody else, you know, externally stores it. And so, um, so I think that's, what's like really, really fascinating, uh, is that it's, it's actually fairly difficult to do like a pure, uh, Eli five on Solana because it's, it's very much ahead of its time. And, uh, ultimately what it's, what it is, is, is an experiment, if you will, in, um, and basically, being able to say, like, at any given point, you know that this current state is is one hundred percent accurate because all of it had to pass through the validator network at some point. And it's kind of like, um, to use like a, a kind of an analogy, like if if Solana was to, if your if the if your state as a as a human being right, as a living organism was to uh, was to be put through Solana, you know, Solana would return like be validating like, is he is he live is he alive or not? There's a whole bunch of things, right? That whole bunch of history, like your personal history that, that you know, like that you went through and lived through in order to get to where you are, right? But at the end of the day, if, you know, the check that Solana is validating is, you know, is he alive or is he not? The rest, all those other, you know, historical experiences don't actually matter, right? So long as consensus is reached that you're still alive. Um, you know, or, or another example is like, you know, every, uh, everything that makes up all, you know, everything we're doing on computers, right, is made up of bits, right? It's a collection of zeros or ones. It doesn't matter how many times an individual bit was flipped from a one to a zero and back again. Uh, it doesn't matter how, many, how, many time, or how much time it's spent as a one versus a zero. You can run all of that through uh, the validator network at the end of the day. The world's most performance state machine only needs to tell you, that this bit is currently a one, because you know every other state of that uh, of that bit was all it was also validated along the way, and so it's it's this really interesting thought, thought experiment of um, you know your your current state in this very moment uh, is not necessarily linked to your historical state. Uh, now, obviously, that is again um, there's very much a, a bifurcation between what a state machine needs to do in order to be able in order to be doing what it's what it's uh, you know doing its job and doing it well and then what like the builders who are using that state machine need and that's what we are uh, that's really what we're doing with with shadow drive is uh, uh bridging that gap if you will
0: yeah you've you've actually teed yourself up perfectly there <laughs> so i feel like I don't, I don't even need to introduce the question in this case um so you have you have brought up the shadow drive. so let's let's dive straight in because this is the meat of the meat of the conversation, I think.
1: yeah, yeah. so this is no this is what we're, we're super excited about. Um, so we noticed we we kind of we noticed you know uh, months ago, uh, six months ago, maybe, that you know there's uh, there's a huge demand and a continually growing demand for for data on Solana. Data or Solana produces, oh God, like, Many hundreds, many many thousands of times more data than than the next closest chain. Um, as a matter of fact, as we've we've been as we look at like uh, other chains, uh, which I'll come back to this here in a sec. But as we look at other chains, you know, it's like, oh, the collective, like all the data produced by this chain is like a wap is like ten terabytes. Okay, cool, that's cute. Like Solana's up in like you know the the hundreds thousands. It's you know, and that's that's if you're just like looking at certain segments of the data. Um, But what we noticed, uh, was that, you know, projects and builders were having a hard time, uh, getting access to it. And for us, what was kind of like the, um, uh, the, really the defining moment was when, you know, our, so our RPC network, uh, we started getting a lot of requests because, uh, or for access to historical data. And we're like, what do you, what do you mean? It's, it's, it's on the machine. And, uh, And and it was like your like Solana validators, um, they they store, you know, historical transactions. They store the previous blocks that they built all on their um, uh, all on their local hard drives on on the actual machine. But once those hard drives fill up, they they get written over, they they get erased and, and new transactions are written over the old ones. So we started having pro- uh, u- projects that were using our RPC network that were like, hey, I can't find this transaction. And we started, like I said, this was relatively early on, but we started digging in and we realized that, oh, crap, this, this, this data is disappearing. Well, of course, where is it going? Well, uh, Solana as a temporary measure, um, uh, I say temporary, it's been in existence for far too long. But um, as a temporary measure, started storing uh, all the historical transactions uh, using Google Bigtable which uh, is kind of the, you know, antithesis of, of like what blockchain stands for, right? Um, not to mention the fact that that data is, you know, technically uh, mutable, it's changeable, right? When blockchain data is supposed to be immutable. Um, and so, uh, so that was like a, that was like an epiphany for us, like, oh, here's, here's, here's uh, uh, something that the ecosystem needs. It's right in our wheelhouse. How do we, how can we, how can we get moving on this? And so, uh, that became our became our focus and our, our, our passion really, um, because ultimately, like what we what we uh, discovered as we started to explore was that, you know, Solana is a very unique a uh, very unique chain. It actually doesn't play well with with other like less performance chains. Um, uh, like you know, think think about uh, storage chains like uh, like Arweave, uh, Filecoin. They have you know, uh, very complicated consensus mechanisms of their own. And you know, one of the things that we, we noticed very early on, we found saw articles very early on that uh, of like, you know, Solana has reached out, Solana's partnering with RWE to store blockchain data. That died off super quick, which was very interesting to us. We were like, why, you know, very like, why is this? Um, there's actually a channel in the Solana Discord. Uh, it's it's deprecated now, it's in the archive section. Um, but it's you know, our, it's the RWE bridge channel. Where you can see like some you know work being done, and then it just kind of stops. And and the more we dug in, um, the more we reached out the Solana team, and and just kind of explored, we found that uh, the 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 Rweave consensus mechanism struggles to work with Solana. It's one of the reasons why NFT creators uh, or creators of NFT projects uploading their NFT metadata to Rweave is incredibly difficult um it takes you know multiple tries there's timeouts data gets lost along the way that has to be re-uploaded uh which was also uh, that was also feedback we had heard um uh when we were powering so many nft drops because we had these nft builders coming to us saying like i'm getting i'm getting rate limited i'm getting timed out like what's wrong with your rpc and at the very, well, the very first time we saw this we're like I, we don't know like let's go look, let us, let us go and look into it what we discovered with is that it was actually Arweave that was failing, and Arweave like couldn't receive the request fast enough. Um, and there's a whole other mess around uh, how well Arweave actually like serves the data back that has been stored. Um, and I, and Filecoin, you know, very similar issues. Um, and so uh, so that was when we realized that Solana is so different from from uh, uh, from other chains that it needs something like optimized specifically for it. And this actually was, it, it kind of was uh, was funny to us because, you know, that's really like how we got our start in the RPC world to begin with was there was really only one RPC provider. Uh, and and then uh, uh, Triton, who they're, you know, really, really good friends of ours. Um, but they, you know, had basically been on the Solana scene from day one. Uh, but they were the only ones that provided Solana optimized RPC uh, RPC servers, and the other every other provider was, uh, yeah, they were all using cloud server uh, cloud servers, you know, like Google, AWS um, cloud instances that were being that were configured to be RPCs, and you know, cloud infrastructure, uh, cloud compute infrastructure also does not keep up with Solana well. Um, so it was really interesting that we saw that oh, hmm, this same thing happens on like the blockchain level and in in the level of the or in the uh, consensus mechanism and that's ultimately what uh the problem that we set out to tackle was Solana we didn't we weren't building or we aren't building like uh a, just another decentralized storage project or system we're building a Solana optimized the Solana optimized right the only Solana optimized uh decentralized storage uh, layer and that's that's you know very different um, that, that that puts a very different spin on things right because we're not necessarily saying that like oh we're like our weave doesn't work or filecoin doesn't work and they're inherently busted which you know is, is not the case we're saying that it's proven that they don't work well on solana now the kind of fun thing is that if you can build something that works really really well on solana you can take it to any other chain and built and and basically poured it over to uh, to less performant chains and have something that's instantly better than than everything else that exists. which uh, you can't that that jump doesn't work in reverse as as we found. And so um, so yeah, so that's what we've been that's that's ultimately like what shadow drive uh, uh, is is, you know, Solana optimized storage uh, powered by the Shadow token. Um, so very similar to the way, like you know, uh, file like the Filecoin token or the RWE token uh, power their respective storage layers. Um, but we're doing it we're we're doing it very differently because since we're coming at this with the lens of Solana has amazing consensus mechanism already, and other consensus mechanisms like struggle to play well with solana the question we found ourselves asking was how can we use solana's consensus mechanism to power our storage how can we uh, as we've kind of started calling it how can we literally plug a hard drive into the computer uh, that is solana
0: if that makes sense yeah that does that does i have one question you were mentioning a few other projects to my knowledge and i'm not super knowledgeable on these these more like um yeah storage storage projects but i was familiar with uh, i think it was seer coin a few years ago Um, there was like made safe coin and um, then file coin to my knowledge they're all having their own blockchain um is there i mean how does that contrast with instead actually building something you know on top of solana
1: yeah so what happens with like requests on Solana? You know they get they get passed through the validator network. They get passed for consensus, and then you know you have to go and then plug into uh, like Arweave. You know, I was use Arweave as an example, right? Because Arweave, you know, they they built their own consensus mechanism for for storing data. Um, so you have to then plug into their consensus mechanism right and and push their push that through well if their consensus mechanism can't keep up with solana which it, you know at this point in time no no consensus mechanism can keep up with solana uh then it makes it very difficult to like to, for that for that integration to take place uh, and then you know and then on top of it there's there's a whole other like host of of uh not issues i would say but a whole whole host of other deficiencies um, in terms of uh, speed, um, uh, reliability, in terms of like uh, your uploads going through, uh, and part of that is because you know there because you don't always need, in my opinion, like a homegrown consensus mechanism for every single situation. Uh, what we did was we looked at okay, well, Solana is the most you know if it's, it's if it's a state machine, as it as it says, right? Um, how does looking at it as a state machine change the way that we would build this thing? And, you know, a state machine is all about verifying the state of something, right? It's verifying is that byte a one or a zero? Does that data exist? Does it not exist? Uh, has that data been changed or has it not been changed? And, you know, what we realized is we dug deeper into uh, the Solana accounts like the way Solana structures, uh, accounts and, um, what actually is is truly like stored and used by the validators, like uh, uh, locally, in order to like reach that state. We basically looked and said, "Oh, we can use every like we can use uh, Solana's existing consensus mechanism to hold the state of the data that's being held or that that's that's being stored." And you basically. Are allowing the Solana, uh, Solana validator network to act in, st- in 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 the stead, if you will, of uh, like the Arweave uh, miners that that validate transact or validate storage, right? So that's kind of the the really cool thing about like Solana is, and I think that like as I said earlier, the thing that makes them so misunderstood is. The proof of history consensus mechanism, because it is focused on state, is arguably like the most versatile uh, consensus mechanism out there, which makes Solana the most uh, versatile chain out there, because, you know, like with Arweave, Arweave validates storage, Filecoin validates storage, Solana technically validates anything. You just have to think about it like if you, it's, it's just a matter of thinking about it the right way and realizing that that's like that was their ultimate goal. Um, and once we realize that, we realize like, oh, wow, this like this opens up a whole host of. Uh, and I kind of hate this the, this terminology, but like Web to technology, uh, you know, existing like existing software or existing um, uh, uh, hardware solutions that now all of a sudden are on the table because you're not needing to build any, like you're not needing to build something completely from scratch. You're simply figuring out how do we decentralize this? And in our, like, so the reason I said earlier, like, I kind of hate that term, like, you know, web two technology is because I think there's, you know, way too much focus on, uh, on tech when it comes to what is web two versus web three. Uh, we very much believe that like what web three is all about is, is decentralization of uh, not just access to a thing, but ownership of a thing. So like web two, web two decentralized the access uh, to information, right? Like anybody can pull anybody with an internet connection can pull up Wikipedia, have access to all the info that they want, right? Find You can find info to, to prove anything you want to prove, but who owns it, right? Who owns the space? Who owns the, the, the uh, places where that data is being stored? You know, who owns the, um, uh, the consensus about around the validity of that data? That's what we that's what's important to us. And that's what I that's where I think, you know, uh, the terms web two versus web three, uh, I think we're starting to slowly see people catch on to this, but uh, you know, they, they need refocusing, if you will. Because you know, at the end of the day, if you have, you can have any technology, you know, whether it's, you know, quote, like homegrown web three, or if it's, you know, legacy web two. Uh, but as soon as you decentralize the ownership of that, uh, of the pieces of that thing, it's, it's very much web three, because at that point, you no longer have centralization uh, of power. And that's, that's, like I said, that's what web three is all about. It's like, Nobody can. No one individual, like not even totally, can come in and just turn the Solana validator or turn the Solana consensus mechanism off, right? Uh, you need a cons- you, know, you need all the owners of that thing to come in and turn it off. And that's what we're building. Uh, that's what we're building into Shadow Drive. Uh, it's just that we can we can look at okay, what is like, what are some of these uh, uh, web two software programs? Um, like you think, and by software, like, uh, software storage programs, I'm thinking like, you know, uh, MySQL, Postgres, uh, Kafka, uh, uh, SAF, which is what we're using. Um, you know, these are all things that, uh, uh, anybody that's, you know, familiar at all with, um, uh, with doing like distributed systems in, in legacy tech, which is kind of what we've started to, uh, web to, um, you know, they're very familiar with like, how amazingly performant all of these, you know, legacy tech pieces are. And, and that's where I think, you know, uh, the miss starts to happen when web three builders start to, uh, look at exist, like look at legacy tech and, and kind of like just eschew it, if you will, um, because you're missing out on, you know, on, on, uh, programs and, and code that's been written, that's been battle tested for decades. And is you know far and away more performant than anything uh, you know like blockchain related, and so uh, so that's where we put our focus right is um okay we need Shadow Drive and we need the way it stores data to first of all decentralize the actual data itself meaning that it is you know it's stored in multiple places but not it's not the file itself that's stored in multiple places it's the actual bits that make up the file those the those bits need to be decentralized so. Like in our storage layer, the uh, actual physical location of where this particular bit, uh, 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 excuse me, byte is located, that's actually decentralized and spread out amongst all of the uh, storage drives. So that way it's not a matter of, okay, well, I lost one file, but I have two others, so it's okay. It's a matter of like, oh, well, uh, I don't know, a million bytes were lost, but that's okay because there's 30 million others that can be used to recreate to rebuild any any lost data um so there's so there's uh, the decentralization of the actual like physical location of the bytes that make up the data and then there's the decentralization of the location of the machines uh, or of ownership of the machines that that hold the data so if you have a decentralized uh storage layer that can be rebuilt using you know uh just a few percentage point, a few percentage uh, pieces, or a few percentage points of like all the data, and then you have uh, uh, decentralized ownership in the actual machines of where that data uh, the data lives. Then you have a storage layer that can't be turned off. You have a storage layer that uh, you know can survive attacks, it can survive crashes, and then what? Uh, where 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 it's like the aha moment for us is. And then what you need is you need a mechanism to make sure that the data going in versus the data that's coming out, that they match, right? So you need a validated, you need something to validate the data that, that is now being stored, and you need something to validate that the data being pulled out matches what went in. And that's how you plug a, a distributed storage system that's you know existed for 10 plus years into you know the world's most performant state machine because the world's most performant state machine is going to give you the state of the is going to validate the state of the data as it comes in, and then it's going to it's going to maintain that state, and the data coming out needs to match that state. And if it doesn't, then it's not going to then the data the data is going to be considered uh, be considered invalid. Um, it's really no different than if somebody like if somebody uh technically speaking, you know, like it, it'd be extremely difficult, but technically speaking, a really, really, really good hacker could try to figure out a way to intercept like uh when you click, you know, when you click um uh submit for your NFT on on Magic Eden, they could try to intercept that request before it gets to the RPC server, right? Because that's once it's once it's hits the RPC server, it's uh, uh, I, you can't mess with it, but they could try to intercept it along the way. Right. And let's say like, you know, if you sold an NFT, they could try to route, uh, try to route, you know, the, there is the resulting proceeds from the sale to their wallet instead of yours. Again, v- super hypothetical. Right. But the reason why nobody, like the reason why hackers aren't like actively attacking, like, you know, magic Eden's like front end platform is because it doesn't matter because, that request was signed by your wallet. That request, once it hits the RPC or once it hits the validator network, if you try to edit, if anybody along the way tries to edit that request, well, when it comes, when the, when the request comes back, it's going to be invalidated because it doesn't match the wallet. It's so like the destination doesn't match anymore the signer. And so we're we're like what we are, the way in which we're building Shadow Drive, I. Uh, kind of already exists like you can actually see it you can kind of see a, 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 a hypothetical proof a concept of it live right now simply because nobody tries to attack uh uh or, or nobody tries to uh, attack network packets that are in transit because it does because it wouldn't do you any good it's one of the reasons why um uh it's one of the reasons why like plugging into um or uh, connecting to blockchain or anything, any blockchain projects, it's simply a matter of let me connect my wallet. It's not username, password, you know, like two FA, all this kind of stuff. It's it's simply just all right, connect my wallet because your your wallet's acting as your, uh, you know, your your verifier that yep, this is this is the way that I want this transaction to work, and and sure, people can change that, but the validators are gonna go like, mm, nah. No, that's that's something's off here, and and they're not going to validate that transaction, so that the transaction is going to get rejected.
0: Okay, so just making sure that um, I got it all loud and clear. So we can say that the shadow drive is really like a, um, you know, like an application that is or a smart contract on on Solana, uh, and therefore it, it it gets the benefit of of. Like hooking into the validate the Solana validation rather than having to have its own set of validators, um, and also you get the benefit of interacting directly with people's wallets, and they're able to actually sort of um, the file, like the people getting the file or uploading the files or interacting with the Shadow Drive, for example, is essentially being being checked by Solana state machine. Yeah, yeah, that's one hundred percent it, and that's that's kind of the other piece uh,
1: that makes Solana so powerful, right? Is the robustness of the smart contract layer. And, and, and the fact that, you know, you can take the, uh, uh users can verify like, okay, is this smart contract editable? Is it not editable? Uh, you know, because all because the state of your smart contract is also validated by the Solana validators and the state of your smart contract is also maintained by the, uh, by the validators. And so, smart con—that's that's one of the reasons why smart contracts on Solana are just uh, uh, so incredibly robust and and much more powerful, uh, much more versatile things than than they than they are on other chains—is is because of the way that they interact with Solana and how Solana maintains the state.
0: Can we take an example there? Because you mentioned earlier about. Candy machine, was it Candy machine? It's it's yeah. such a long time ago. I've already forgot the name. But yeah, I, I remember the Candy machine days. Um, mm-hmm. Can we take an example with like a a new NFT project that's launching, and they want to use the Shadow Drive? Yeah. So uh, so we built
1: out um, we built out a, uh, a whole new whole new web platform for ourselves. Um, that's going to kind of be the uh, uh, it's going to be the entry like the gateway into like you know the the broader Shadow Protocol and so everything that we build um every yeah everything everything that we like build launch you know uh whatever is ultimately going to run through this new uh new platform um which ultimately you know uh, be where we direct people instead of our uh, uh borderline placeholder like gen Go, uh website right now um and that's one of the reasons why we haven't put a ton of like work into like the Django website is because the, the shadow platform is, is meant to kind of be the successor to that. Uh, so ultimately, you know, a, somebody like a new NFT project, they would click, uh, they, you know, go to the platform, um, you know, connect their wallet, uh, upload their, uh, so what they, uh, they upload their metadata, but the way that we're doing the uploads is also a little different um, because like, you know, our we've, so Arweave weave is all about like forever storage. Uh, you know, Filecoin is all about um, uh, temporary storage, but we'll store it for as long as you continue to pay fees, and the fees are a marketplace. Blah blah. Uh, we wanted to have like the best of kind of the best of of everything. Um, and so, you know, a user will uh, uh, a user will connect their wallet. The user will you know like uh, basically partition for themselves um, uh, a storage box that will you know they'll say I need. 20 gigs, kind of about an average size for an NFT project. So any 20 gigs, um, and so we will uh, provision for them a you know 20 gig uh, box, if you will, uh, that and and that is tied to their wallet. Which means that on, uh, the only way for that data or the data that's uh, stored in their you know figurative box to be uh, you know changed, edited, whatever, is signature has to come from the wallet that does the upload. But then uh, the user will de- then decide. Okay, do we want uh, do we want you know immutable storage? Do We want this data to be stored forever, which you know like is what most NFT projects or all NFT projects really should do, um, because you know it's NFT metadata, right? It should be it should be there forever. Um, and so that you know the NFT project that would select like, all right, I want this. I want my data to be stored immutably. They would upload the you know. Uh, I think it would be twenty shadow in total. So it's because it's uh, roughly runs uh, comes out to one shadow per gigabyte. Um, so they would uh, they would stake twenty shadow, but because they selected they want their store mutably, that shadow would then be pushed to the uh, shadow operator uh, uh, mission smart contract, and the shadow operators are the that's that's the the individuals that are all running you know shadow nodes as we call them. Um, so that's, that's your decentralized, uh, that's your decentralization of of storage, right, is that this is a, this is now a, a, a trustless permissionless network in that, uh, you know, we don't control the machines, we don't control, you know, we can't, you know, go in and turn them all off. Uh, this is, it's, it's really cool because it's all individuals that are, that are storing data um, and, uh, and, you know, they, their ability to connect to the network and still earn rewards is all tied to, uh, you know, how well and um, how consistently they store data and serve requests against it. Um, on the flip side, let's say, you know, cause, cause we also believe like not, not all data needs to be stored forever, right? Like it's, it's just kind of, I, I can appreciate what Arweave is, is focused on with, um, you know, forever data. Uh, but like I say, the reality is, is not all data needs to be stored forever. Um, and so we also have a, an immutable uh, storage box, basically. So if you're, I don't know, like if you're a, um, a game developer, for instance, let's say you, you want to store a season's worth of data, of stats, right? But those stats get wiped every single season, right? So you think about um, uh, scoreboards, leaderboards, whatever. Um, you can store that data and and keep it editable keep it mutable and you stake your you stake shadow instead of uh paying shadow what's what we're going for with that is is trying to basically create um trying to really like you like really utilize like the the tech that web2 has a av- web3 has available to it um mechanics that don't exist in the legacy world uh like staking for instance because we believe that you know you can actually create a situation where you know, we as we as the uh, you know provider of storage can win. The uh, shadow operator who's like truly making this a decentralized network can win, and the user can win, right? Like right now, if you pay, if you go use our we, you pay them tokens, you lose your tokens, and you kind of gotta hope that whatever you do is you know gonna gonna uh, end up being like a net positive for you because uh, you know you're you're out capital. Whereas, like if you're doing like mutable storage and you stake shadow, well, you're only going to hold that uh, uh, you're only going to stake that shadow for as long as you want your data to be stored. and And there's you know a uh, a rent uh, there's there's a there's a rent piece, uh, very similar to how Solana charges uh, rent uh, a rent for uh, accounts dB for you know builders that's initialized uh, smart contracts um there's a rent feature at solana charges and we kind of borrowed from that pretty heavily because what we wanted to do to to create was a situation where let's say somebody stores you know 20 gigabytes with us for whatever reason and then they say okay i'm i'm done with that. i don't need this 20 gigabytes anymore well then they can unstake their shadow the network won't store the data anymore the smart contract will tell the network like that data doesn't need to be stored anymore but they get their shadow back and if shadow has, you know, really like gone up in price over that time, then you can end up in a situation where the the, the shadow operator, like a mission wallet still has gotten, you know, some uh, uh, rent from just the time that it was stored. But on a like pure USD basis, if you're a project and I'm just kind of making this up here, uh, if you paid $200 for, you know, uh, $200 worth of it, if you bought $200 worth of shadow and staked it. And then six months went by and you have a hundred shadow or you have a hundred dollars worth of shadow left uh, but then you unstake if the market value of shadow has gone up then on a like a USD equivalency basis, you could still have two hundred dollars because you're not you say you're done with storage you're done with the shadow tokens and that also create that also helps to add uh, uh, keep liquidity like in the in the marketplaces, um, and you know, liquidity is is obviously super important for uh, uh, prices of things to you know organically increase. Uh, I think it's easy for folks to lean really heavily on the whole. Um, we're just going to reduce supply, and you know, if we just if we just consistently reduce supply and reduce supply, then then price will go up. But that's not always the case if 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 there's not liquidity there, and so. Um, so we tried to tackle a number of different uh things with with how we were building out uh the storage layer and you know kind of much like the nft it's uh, uh it's one of those things where we were just trying to do something really innovative um and new uh on not not even on the tech side necessarily but just in you know the economics of the whole thing
0: we've been kind of taking the steps up and we've been building the building the ground, building the second story. And I think now we've arrived at uh, the shadow net. So we've talked Mm -hmm. about the storage, the storage piece. Um, So I'd love it if you could introduce shadow net and how that relates to the shadow drive.
1: Yeah, so, you know, the shadow net is uh, really a testament to the fact that if you have a foundation built on data, then anything is kind of possible. Um, So the uh, the, Genesis of, of the shadow net was, um, uh, totally pinged us and was basically, Hey, I've got, I, I got this thing that's, you know, uh, super interesting and, and there's, you know, uh, uh, that, de- you know, there's demand for it. And I'm, I'm really just, I'm really interested to see if you guys like find this, find this as cool as I do. And basically he was, you know, uh, kind of, p- uh, positioning a, uh, canary chain for Solana. Uh, but, you know, a canary chain that is, uh, integrated with, uh, very, very heavily integrated with, um, uh, the wormhole, this, uh, uh, yeah, wormhole that's, uh, uh built by jump capital, uh, or built by jump, I should say. And, uh, so we were super fascinated by it, um, because, you know, the wormhole integration, uh, and, and working closely with the, uh, with the wormhole team allows us the ability to, uh, not just run like a, a canary chain, um, but to do something where uh what we really quickly realized was this is we could build something where events that are happening on this quote canary chain you know could actually be like like real because you can you know move tokens in and out uh with actual tokens right not just uh, uh devnet tokens well the more we started to dig into it you know wormhole is also one of those things that's incredibly misunderstood uh, because its primary use is is as a token bridge when you really like dig into it it's just passing messages everywhere right it's it's simply saying like yeah it's let me let me check this chain over here okay this chain over here you have you have tokens and, and you want those tokens over here on, on solana so you want your eth on solana Do, does does the eth exist yes it does okay cool then pa, let's pass a message to solana that says this account can have you know 5 eth and pass a message over to to the ETH chain saying you need to lock up this five ETH. Um, we look at that externally. We look at that and we just see, for practical purposes, token transfer, token bridge from one chain to another. But again, really, all that is is all that is is a, a passing of messages. It's just information, right? It's all it's all bytes, it's all ones and zeros. So that kind of made, like that kind of got us to to realizing, like we can actually, we actually have an opportunity to do do something really cool, um, and that is private, dedicated blockchain instances that are the that the state of those chains are run by or they're maintained by uh, a series of uh, another another decentralized series of of validators, which are basically just uh, Solana validators that are. Uh, kind of in their own little bubble, but then when you when you partner and integrate with 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 the wormhole, you can take the state of those of those validators in, that are kind of in their own little world, pass that state up to the guardian nodes in the wormhole, and the, what the guardian nodes will do then is connect to Solana and say, "Hey Solana, here's the state that we're getting from this." And Solana will go, OK, that's what we're going to validate and that's what we're going to build into our chain as, as, as a live thing now. Uh, so what happens now in, in these private instance blockchains actually gets like it actually gets reflected or actually can, uh, can now be reflected in the actual chain. So that gives some really cool things uh, that you can do because, like, you know, a, a canary chain is, you know, historically it's it's mainly for for dev purposes, right? It's mainly for building out and testing, um, but now you have other options. So, so yeah, you know, a project that wants to uh, spin up their own little their own little instance and and test their smart contracts. Can do so. Uh, they can do so, you know, like by literally just getting like a, a, a complete recreation of like the current state of Solana. And eventually, the where uh, where we're pushing it because we we already had Polychain in our future is um, to just be able to ingest and maintain the state of all chains. Because as I kind of said very early on in in our conversation, that is uh, super small. And so we can ingest and store uh, basically the state of all chains, and then you know eventually people can if they want to uh, I don't know I'm just make kind of making this up here, but if they want to say like, "I want to do some dev testing on polygon, I uh, create a little polygon instance, but now you're able to do it at a, like you're able to uh, to manipulate the speed. You can select kind of the speed that you want your transactions to be validated, how fast you want to be processed. Um, and so you can mimic as closely or as, as not closely as you want really any chain, uh, which is what I uh, kind of think the final form of shadow drive will will ultimately look like, or excuse me, uh, of shadow nets uh, will ultimately look like. But all that's powered by the shadow drive. Because again, as I said, without data, uh, or without a foundation and data, everything else becomes way more difficult. And so uh, what's really cool about the shadow net is as you're you know as people as as uh developers are creating these little pro uh, little instanced blockchains the native token the gatsby token excuse me um in these blockchains will uh be shadow so instead of you know like if you if you want to mimic uh, if you want to do a bunch of um uh, solana building in your like private solana instance and then every time you, well, you want to pass a transaction. It would be you would use the shadow token to do that, which is actually Tolley's idea. Uh, which you know I, I just thought was absolutely amazing. Um, and you know, it was kind of cool to to hear him be like, you know, yeah, like shadow token should definitely be the Gas fee token. That'd be so cool. I was like, oh, thank you. But <laughs> um, But yeah, so it's just it's it's just one of those things where it's it's uh, I wouldn't say necessarily like difficult to wrap your head around. because um, you know, the know the day, canary chains are nothing new. But I think you know our specialty is is largely, you know, taking existing things and figuring out new and innovative ways to piece them together, right? Like taking like we like to take apart the existing puzzle after it's been put together and then like look at the pieces and say, "Hey, I, how can we reassemble this in, into something different, something better and and ultimately uh, a more enhanced picture, if you will."
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have a question about the team, but just on, on what you've just shared there, just to clarify a little bit. So you're saying that um, ultimately you would be able to be creating shadow nets for other blockchains as well. Um, and as you said, with Wormhole is is just a messaging um, messaging system. So are you saying that you would also be able to, for example, simulate bridging across these different chains? Or would, would it each instance be kind of having its its own little self-contained world that's then, that is then validated by.
1: Yeah, no. So, and this is what I like, what I love about, uh, about taking existing things apart and, and putting them back together again. Um, is, is, there's, there's always something like new that comes out. Cause what you just described there, I had, believe it or not, I actually hadn't even thought about like bridging different shadow networks to, or shadow mm. realms together. Right. Um, Cause you have like the shadow net, but what we, you know, cause we're, we're just loving the whole shadow moniker, uh, yeah. you know, each, it <laughs> right. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, each individual shadow, uh, e- each little individual, like, you know, private instance, uh, you know, we call those shadow realms mm. and, and you're right to your point. Like, uh, actually hadn't thought about like, uh, yeah, we could easily bridge between, between shadow realms, which, that that just opens up a whole new layer, right? It's like it's like inception of yeah. how how deep can you go. <laughs> That's true, uh, true. But yeah, absolutely, we definitely could. And now we have, you know, uh, now we have bridges between shadow realms that are also all being powered by shadow. And yeah. and again, what's cool about it is these little shadow realms, they can exist and they could do whatever they want to do for as long as they want to do, um, or as short as they want to do it. Uh, but ultimately whenever that little shadow realm you know, wants, it can then push its state, right or its transactions up into the various chains. Uh, again, very much starting with Solana. Um, but you can then push everything into those sh- or into the actual main chain. And now now your shadow realm and, and what's going on in your shadow realm is just as valid as what's, what's going on on the main chain. Um, but it gives you, it starts to create this, like I say, this really cool little thing, uh, little thing where you now have, you know, a more controlled environment to do things like testing. Um, you know, you have a, a private environment, um, to do things in which, uh, again, like do things in which, you know, like you, you just want to make sure there's no noise. Uh, like, you know, if there's Solana congestion or something like that, right? Like Solana congestion won't affect what's going on, uh, in the shadow realms, I mean, granted, it you know it would as you're trying to push things into uh, into the main chain. But in just in terms of the shadow realms themselves, and and just like you know, pro, uh, uh, putting transactions like again going back to the gaming company thing, like um, you know, maintaining your leaderboard or maintaining uh, your auction house, all those things can take place in in their own little shadow realms, and maybe like you know the the actual transactions uh, between players in your game in your auction house right that gets pushed up into the main chain because you want that to be you know like right there in the main chain um, and, and verifiable that token a you know went to person X from person y uh, but in terms of maintaining like you know uh, the inventory that's that's available for various things right that can all that can all stay in your in your little shadow realm. Um, which means that you know, if Solana starts to experience issues, have congestion or whatever, it means that you know, players' ability to to go in and make transactions between one another, that doesn't that doesn't get impacted. What what it gets impacted is the inclusion of that data into the chain. But the actual experience for your users does isn't impacted. It's just all all it is at that point is just simply uh, um uh you know. Uh, transaction requests that are queued up—they've been sent to the guardian nodes in the wormhole. The guardian nodes have signed off on them, and now the guardian nodes are responsible for getting them into Solana. So you also have uh, a decentralization of the uh, uh, highways that your that your request takes. So you're not now relying—you're uh, not now trusting that okay, your shadow realm as you put these transactions in that the, the transactions are being maintained the way that they should because you're getting confirmation from the guardian nodes that, yep, this has been received. The guardian nodes then send it over to uh, to Solana. Verify here, verify here, and then verify here. So now you have three points of verification, uh, all trustless, that's um, all decentralized. And, and so that's how you can have, uh, that's how you can be building, you know building and running something in a shadow realm and have, a, have your user experience not be affected in the slightest, but also know that you have triple redundancy around ensuring um, the integrity of, of the consensus around what's going on in your chain.
0: Wow. Yeah. Just conscious of your time. I think we're running up on time here, but this has been super, super fascinating to dive in with you. I saw a no, tweet a few it. days ago. Uh, I can't remember the exact way that they said it, but they said something like that, you know, shadow drive is like the least understood most likely to have a huge impact in the next year project uh, or you know, Genesis Go, I should say. Um, so I hope that we have done our part today in getting more people on board to understand because, um, I mean, for example, the shadow net, I think was more or less buried towards the bottom of the article. I, mi- I missed it the first time I was scanning through. Um, so I hope that we have we've done our part here to, to um, spread the knowledge. And it's incredibly exciting what you guys are working on. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was put at the end. Uh, it's kind of purposeful uh, thrown at the end as
1: it's just like a, a, an alpha drop. Um, we've got, uh, I'm, I'm putting together a much more in depth uh, uh, write up, which we, which we hit on most of it here, actually. So that's, that's awesome. Um, that uh, uh, we're, we're, we're working with the Solana labs team to uh, uh, make sure that, you know, uh, basically to kind of, you know, do co-market a little bit and make sure that uh, we get the word out in a very, um, yeah, in a very robust way, because it is, uh, uh, the, the concept can be a little complex, um, but it's super cool once you really dig into it. So yeah, I appreciate you, appreciate you having me and, and give me a chance to to talk through it, because uh, as you can tell it's something we're, we're super excited about and I will I'll talk about at length
0: given the opportunity <laughs> yeah I can understand and I mean I, I see just so much potential and, and di- different directions it can go in as, as well so I'm super pumped to see once it's really out there um, like what people do with it as well because there's probably some use cases we haven't even uh, considered Absolutely. so yeah really really exciting um, so speaking of you, your strong community that started with the, the Shadow Supercoders. Do you wanna shill a little bit where people can find out more about Genesis Go and get on board?
1: Yeah, uh, so our Discord, um, Genesis yeah, discord.gg slash Genesis Go um, and our uh, uh, Twitter account um, at Genesis Go. Uh, the two two places where every, all of the uh, uh, piece, different pieces of information have all been uh, kind of compiled. Um, might be going a little bit too crazy with with decentralization if we're decentralizing our resources uh for people to learn more but uh that's something we're working on now that we're now we've gotten uh the main lift of uh, the build around shadow drive is now behind us um so we'll be working on kind of consolidating things uh, a little bit better but um but yeah our discord i would say our discord is is probably the best place because uh anybody that joins our discord gets the opportunity then to come in and uh, interact with the community and especially, um, uh, especially, uh, the SSC, uh, DAO channels, uh, which are for, you know, holders of a shadowy Supercoder NFT. Um, that's where, uh, there's just some incredibly robust conversation happening, uh, pretty much all day. And, uh, uh so yeah, so it's kind of a, another little added, it's a very, very side benefit of, of owning an SSC is, uh, Getting access to those channels where where we spend the majority of our time, um, uh, yeah, just going really in in depth into discussions.
0: Awesome, yeah. So then you heard it first, or not first, but you've heard it here. Um, <coughs> j- jump on the Discord and get involved. Uh, very exciting stuff going on uh, over at Genesis Go. Then thanks a lot for joining me, Frank. Um, looking forward to keeping an eye on the project. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for the time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review if you're feeling generous. And I'd also like to give a brief reminder that nothing said on the podcast is financial advice. My views are my own. And when navigating crypto, remember that you are responsible for your own assets and always do your own research.